Employment Hour, 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmenthour.com. We will cover off the severance pay calculator here in just a bit as well. Lots to talk about today. We're going to be getting to a ton of your emails. I mentioned that email address. And, uh, you know, we get so busy during the show talking to people and talking about topics uh, when it comes to employment law, or sometimes we neglect our emails. So we're going to get to a ton of these uh, this whole hour. So stay tuned for that. But we always start with a segment we like to call the week that was something that's happening and you think is uh, of fair importance and people would like to, uh, to learn about. What do you got? Let's face it, it's, it's always an exciting time in my office because you never know what your day is going to be like. You never know the types of questions you're going to be asked or, or the problems you're going to get a chance to solve. So I'm very happy to, to say that another busy week. A lot of people that heard the show right here, uh, they called me because something that we talked about made them realize that, well, wait a second, I have rights. I have entitlements. I don't have to just take the problem and ignore it or hope that it goes better. The law does do something for me. So if you're listening to us right now, that's that could be you and the, that you may have a problem. Hopefully you don't, but maybe you do or maybe at some point something happens in the workplace that's not going the way you want it. Your boss said something, did something, the terms of your employment were changed, maybe you lost your job, or maybe you feel you're being bullied and harassed. If that ever happens, remember the law is on your side. There are so many legal remedies available in in those situations to solve those problems. We'll talk about that today. We talk about that on the show every week. And of course, if you just want to chat with me, you want to run your scenario by me, call me, Email me. We'll give you that contact information throughout the show today. So please don't hesitate. There's no such thing as a bad question. And week there was where I talk about a couple things that came across my desk. Uh, First situation, I spoke with a a lady who uh, worked for a company for about seven years. And she had a good job, no problems, loved her company, loved the employer, employer loved her. Except the company sold about a year ago. And uh, she continued working with the the buyer. Same terms of employment, uh, same job. Just the owner changed. Didn't like the new owner so much, but whatever, that's not the issue. Well, she was just let go after a year with the new company. And the new company said, well, you've been with us for a year. We're going to give you two weeks pay. Mm-hmm. And if you sign this uh, severance letter, we're going to give you one extra week because we're nice and generous. Uh, and she was obviously very upset. She'd been now with a total with a company or in, in this job for eight years. And she called me. And of course, John, she called me because she heard the show right here. Yeah. And she wanted to know what she's actually owed if the three weeks that they've offered her, if that's enough. Well, here's the thing, John. If you work for a company and that company is sold, and then you continue working with the new company, that new company inherits the service. They inherit your seniority. So what happened after seven years of her working there, when she started working with a new company, on day one, she was already a seven-year employee. So when she's let go a year later, she's now an eight-year employee. And her severance is calculated based on that eight eight years. So remember, if your employment continues with the buyer, the business is sold and you continue working with the buyer, they inherit your service. So how much is she owed? Forget about two weeks, three weeks, forget about 30 weeks. She was owed right around nine months pay. Okay, nine months pay. Uh, So not only was she wrongfully dismissed in the sense that she was owed a lot more than what she's owed, she was wrongfully dismissed to a very high degree I see this happen all the time with sales of business, John. If you, you're let go, 
call me. Make sure that you get what you're owed. You know, there's probably some business owners listening to this show now having a panic attack because they may be in that situation. Is there something on the employer side that they can do to avoid that pitfall of, you know, having a 25-year guy who they've inherited the service, now they're in for two years severance? So even though they can't do anything about inheriting the service, they can do something about limiting their ah. severance liability, severance obligations. What they can do is have an employee, uh, the employee sign an employment agreement that limits their future severance. So instead of getting their full entitlements, or what we call their common law entitlements, they could be limited to their minimum entitlements only. So an employer can do that. Now, that's a, there's an important message there for employees, though. Mm-hmm. If you're an employee and the, you're going to continue working because the business is sold, and that new company wants you to sign an employment agreement, take a step back and be very careful. Make sure that there's nothing in it limiting your severance. Because if you sign that document that limits your severance, the next day you're let go, you could have potentially lost tens of thousands of dollars. So we've spoken about this, John, on the show before, mm-hmm. that you always want to be very careful about whether you have to sign an employment agreement. Be that much more careful if you're being asked to sign an employment agreement as a result of a sale of a business. Please don't sign anything without speaking to me first. What else you got going on? I also spoke with a gentleman uh, who was let go supposedly for performance reasons, except, John, it was uh, about a week after he was asked if he intended to retire, and he said no. He was 65 years old, and he said he's not intending to retire, and a week later now he's let go for performance reasons. Well, John, that's nonsense. It was apparent that he's actually being let go because of his age. They were using that as a, as a way to try to get, a, a, get away with it. Well, you cannot be let go because of your age. This was such an obvious thing to me that this is what happened here. In fact, you shouldn't even be asking about retirement. Exactly. Beyond that, uh, if you're being let go uh, because of your age, that's discrimination. Regardless of severance, John, that's a human rights violation. It's illegal. And it doesn't just apply to age. Uh, Your race, um, ethnicity, sexual orientation, disability, a number of those things. You cannot be let go for those reasons. That is what we call a big bull of wrong in the employment world. Exactly. We'll get to more and your emails. That's uh, where we're headed next. Help at employmenthour.com. Phone number when we're not here and you want to call Lior, member of the team, 1-855-821-5900. It is the Employment Hour. It's here on Global News Radio. Employment Hour right here, 1-855-821-5900. The email for the day. If you want to uh, send one over, we're clearing out the inbox. That's uh, that's what we call when we do this. It is help at employmenthour.com. Lior builds up first, says, uh, when I go on vacation, my boss sends me many emails and expects me to answer them right away. Uh, I end up doing a couple hours of work a day when I'm supposed to be on holidays. Is there anything I can do? This is such a common question that I get, especially now in the age of of everyone having a computer tied to their hip uh, or or an iPad. Always be able to contact. You can always be connected. You know, back 15 years ago, 20 years ago, you go on vacation, there was no way to get a hold of you. It's a beautiful thing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So if you're on vacation, I know I can get a hold of you. I'll just send you a text. Well, that doesn't change, though, the fact that if you're on vacation, you are on vacation. And it's, it's the right thing to do, but it's also from a legal standpoint, you absolutely have a right to say, I am not doing any work when I'm on vacation. Mm-hmm. You're not getting paid for it. You're legally entitled to take vacation. The law dictates that you have to have a certain amount of vacation, which means it's time free from work. So if your employer decides that they still are going to have you do work, whether it was by demanding it or by putting you in a situation where you don't have a choice but to do work, that's improper. That's actually illegal. That could be a violation of the Employment Standards Act because you're not not actually getting the vacation. So what do you do? Well, you tell your employer that you're not going to do it. 
uh, you tell your employer that you're not available or maybe you leave your phone behind if you want to to make sure that they know they can get a hold of you. But here's the key, John. Your employer cannot punish you, uh. threaten you, let you go, uh, penalize you in any way for not doing work while on vacation. If they do, that's what we call a reprisal. In other words, you're trying to stand up for your rights and you get punished for it? No, you can't have that happen. So when you're on vacation, you can disconnect. And if your employer has a problem with it, the answer is, well, they don't have anything they can do about it. You can say no, you don't have to take your phone, you don't have to answer your emails. If you choose to do so, that's fine but you don't have to and you should tell your employer that. You know, numerous times we talk in the show about temporary layoffs and that you, we often say that don't let them get started on those because once you've accepted it once, you can go down that path endlessly and there's nothing you can do about it. Is this, is this one of those situations where your employer says, hey man, six months ago when you went to Florida, I had no problem sending you working, you did it then, why aren't you doing it now? Yeah, I mean, it's a good point, but I still think it'll be very difficult for an employer right. to say that simply because the law dictates you're entitled to whatever it is, two weeks, three weeks, depending right. on your situation, uh, a vacation. And vacation is defined is time free from work. So the fact that in the past you allowed the employer to kind of get away with it doesn't mean that they can get away with it again, at least when it comes to vacation. So bottom line is you're allowed to take your vacation and your employer should not interfere with that. Unless you're on a law firm like Lior, when I've been on vacation with him and the phone is in his hand, you know, the pitfalls of running a business. Okay, you, you, you realize my <laughs> wife listens to the show, John, and she's going to give me a hard time because it's true. But I, do, yeah. do, say what, do what I say, don't do what I do. <laughs> That's right. Daryl's up next again. Help at employmenthour.com says I was just given a termination letter uh, that offers me 12 weeks severance after four and a half years with the company. The HR manager says that if I hire a lawyer, the company will feel that I am threatening it and will refuse to pay me the 12 weeks. Does it make sense to contact you in these circumstances, even though we just did? Yeah. Well, <laughs> the, the problem is, uh, oh, the poor company. The poor company is being oh, threatened. Oh, when? Let, let's, let's be very clear here, John. The law decides how much you're owed if you lo lost your job. Yep. It doesn't matter if the company likes it. It doesn't matter if the company wants to pay less. It doesn't matter if the company's feeling threatened. Frankly, if the company's the one offering you less than what they should be offering you, well, they're doing something wrong. So maybe someone should threaten them, hey, you better shape up or else. So don't worry about the, these pressure tactics. I can tell you, you know, without knowing all the information that this person after four plus years of employment could easily be owed six months pay, which is more than double the 12 weeks that he was offered. Right. So why would you accept 12 weeks when you're owed 26? Why? Doesn't your family need the money? Don't you need the money? Uh, don't you need more time to find that, that next job if you're let go? So don't worry about that. Don't worry about the, what the company says. And, and I can only talk for myself here, John, but when I approach a company on behalf of an employee that is let go, I'm not going to go in there saying all kinds of outrageous things. How dare you? Guns I'm going to sue yeah. you. And I'm not going to be that crazy bull in a china shop because it doesn't work. It makes me look bad. makes my client look bad. I'd much rather approach the company professionally saying, you know, we want to resolve this amicably and quickly. Here's what we think is fair. That works. 99% of the time, we can resolve it very quickly. So don't worry about any threats from the company. Uh, do what you need to do. Plus, and if they throw a deadline on this guy, you can ignore that as well, right? Friday 5. Ever Friday done? 5, yeah. always the most common deadline. Oh my God, I better sign this or else. They have offered me 12 weeks and if I, don't, I don't get that if I don't sign. Nonsense. Your legal rights don't expire for two years. Not a week, not two weeks, not a, not a day. You have two years to pursue those rights, so that deadline is a pressure tactics. Gosh, John, so many people fall for it. They feel the pressure. Don't let that happen to you. Before we break, I mentioned I want to get to it to at least uh, at this point, severance pay calculator. 
If you lost your job, you know, I've told you you can reach out to me. I've given you my contact information. You can always reach out to me, but you don't have to if you don't want to. If you want to, if it's uh, midnight or it's the weekend and I'm not going to pick up the phone uh, because I'm married and my wife will kill me. Oh, you'll pick it up. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) What you do then is you go to Severance paycalculator.com. Again, severancepaycalculator.com. Pick up your smartphone or your tablet. Just go there and find out how much you're actually owed. If that severance offer is good or not, or if you're curious or worried, maybe you think that the business is going to be, you know, maybe making some cuts and you think Mm -hmm. you're going to be one of the people affected, severancepaycalculator.com. Easy, anonymous, free. First place you always go to if you lost your job. Back we go into the inbox after a short break. It is help at employmenthour.com to send over your email, your questions, one 821 5900 as well. Employment Hour on Global News Radio. The number anytime, of course, one 821 5900 You probably know that by now as uh, same goes for the email address, help at employmenthour.com. We're into the inbox and getting through some of your emails. Going to thank you off the top here as we carry on for sending your emails in. We love uh, we love talking to you and, and responding to them. Dana's up next. Lior, she says, uh, I've been off on a stress leave for two months, but don't want to go back to work because I'm afraid of how I'll be treated. What are my options? Well, you know, obviously I'd like to know more about Dana's situation. Number one, is she off because of something that's happened at work? So she's concerned that the situation is going to get worse, or maybe she's just concerned the fact that they'll treat her badly because she was off on a leave, that they'll think you're not, you're not reliable, so we don't like you. So those are different things. But if generally, if you're off work because of a, uh, something that happened at work, they mistreated you, they harassed you, and they impacted your health, now you're off work. Well, is there a way you can think of to resolve this internally? Is there someone you can talk to there, right. an HR manager, an owner, that, that may fix that problem, may, may be able to look at it, investigate, and fix it? Remember, the company has to do that if you bring it up to their attention. So don't be, don't be afraid to go to HR and put that in writing and say, here's my concerns. Here's what happened. Can you please do something about it? Once you do that, they have to. Uh, if you can't do that, if you try to do that, if you've been off work because of something that's happened at work, that could be a constructive dismissal. So Dana right now may be able to treat her situation as a constructive dismissal and leave without uh, having to worry about losing her severance. She will get her severance. Now, if uh, one of the things to do is, uh, if she's concerned about how she's gonna be treated, is why not go back to work and see what happens and start documenting. Mm-hmm. So if someone's mistreating you, document it. Uh, speak to HR. If someone is uh, withholding uh, compensation or, or telling you that you're not gonna be able to do your job, you're gonna do something else, we're gonna demote you document that and then you may even have a stronger case for constructive dismissal but bottom line is you shouldn't have to tolerate a toxic work environment if you if that's what you're looking at that's what you're heading into call me as soon as possible as far as that documentation is concerned should she just keep it to herself or is there someone she should be sending that to and say just so you know fyi right i I like that second example i like the idea of sending it to someone because it gives it credibility It, it, it kind of happens at the time. So if someone says something to you and you wish you had a record of it, email them and say, hey, I'm confirming what you told me or here's what you said to me earlier. Send that the email, create that record, maybe send an email to HR telling them what happened at the time that it happened. It gives you credibility later on when you're trying to deal with this workplace harassment because oftentimes the person that's doing the harassing is not going to admit it. Mm-hmm. So if you have that written records, you win all the time. You build your own file as you, you go along. You build your file, be yeah. smart, and keep records in writing. Very important. Help at employmenthour.com is the address. Steve-O up next says, I've been working for my employer for the last five years. They just told me that my job will end in six months. But in the meantime, my hours will be reduced from 40 to 30 a week. Can they do that? 
No, John, the answer is they absolutely cannot. Now, an employer is allowed to give notice. We call this working notice of termination. So one of the exceptions, or one, not even exception, one of the ways to give severance is actually not to give severance, and instead of severance is to give notice. So if I owe you six months severance, I could simply tell you, John, I'm telling you today that six months from now, you don't have a job. You're just working for it. You're that's working all. off your yep. severance, and that's yep. fine. But remember... We also have the rule that says your employer cannot change the terms of your employment. They can't reduce your compensation, change your hours, demote you, et cetera. So if Steve's employer is going to say, well, we're going to now reduce your hours for the next six months, we're going to pay you less money, that's a constructive dismissal. So he can treat his employment today as being constructively dismissed. He doesn't have to wait the six months, and he can get his severance. If his employer simply said, yeah, you can, uh, we're going to give you six months notice, but everything stays the same. If Steve decided to resign, then he wouldn't be getting anything. But if his mm-hmm. employer is also changing his compensation and now Steve resigns, he's owed severance because that's actually a constructive dismissal. Okay, a couple more things to unpack, though. He's been there for five years. Um, would six months notice be enough? they got to determine that first, right? That's exactly. So he would go to severancepaycalculator.com. Now, I don't know how old he is, and I don't know what kind of job. So it's possible that six months is is enough. It's possible that it's not. It could be nine or ten months. But, you know, severancepaycalculator.com. But the reality is that once they reduce his pay, it's a constructive dismissal. Whether it's six months or eight months, he doesn't have to stay there another day, and he can leave and get his severance. But for him, severancepaycalculator.com. So now if it's a constructive dismissal because of the uh, reduction in hours, is it based on his five years? Does it six months factor into it at all? Or is it just based on the five years yeah, previous? Yeah, it's based on the service he's had as of the date that his employment has nice. been constructively dismissed. Uh, and, and, you know, the other thing is, uh, remember, is not only now – uh, will you get more severance? You, you, you could get severance and not have to work. So uh, if your employer gives you notice and then changes your compensation, that's a constructive dismissal. Mm-hmm. The same rule applies as in every situation. Just like your employer can't change your compensation in a regular uh, day, they also can't change it after they've given you notice of termination. Again, severancepaycalculator.com is the place to go. We'll, uh, we'll break early here because I've got a bunch of emails still to get through. You want to send one through, help at employmenthour.com. And the number anytime, one 821 5900 Locksmore Employment Hour on the way on Global News Radio. one 821 5900 That's the number to get a hold of Lior and the team. The email show. We're getting through a, a bunch of them here today. Love this. It's help at employmenthour.com. Ron is up next. Says, I just came back from a disability leave. I got into a small accident at work. My company now says it doesn't believe that I'm healthy enough to work, even though I am. Is there anything I can do? Usually it's the other way around. Right? Yeah, usually it's the other way yeah. around. Usually the company's saying, well, we don't want you to go off on a leave. Right. Well, in this case, they're saying, we, we want you to go off on a leave because we don't think you're healthy enough to work. So here's, here's, but the same rule applies in both situations, and that is your doctor's opinion, your doctor's letter trumps. That's all that really matters. If you have a letter from your doctor, that says you can work, then the company can't say, we don't believe that that's right. We think you should be off work. Uh, Now, if the company has specific questions to your doctor, they're allowed to ask and Mm -hmm. you should get that information from your doctor. So what I would would say in this type of a situation is if the company is concerned about your ability to work, go back to your doctor. Get another letter, very clear one saying, I've examined this person. He is able to work right now. If you give that to the company and they still are not convinced, if they still don't want you to come back to work, well, at that point, it becomes a termination, potentially becomes a human rights issue. Uh, It's not something that they're allowed to do. Now, if you got into an accident at work, 
sometimes that happens. It's not a good thing. Believe me, I understand that. But that doesn't mean that's because you're sick. Oftentimes people mm. make mistakes even if they're 100% healthy. And if the doctor says, no, it's not related, you are healthy, you can do work, your employer has to take you back, your employer has to give you the same job, they can't punish you, they can't threaten you, they can't give you a different job because they don't believe your doctor, they have to believe your doctor. In your experience, what it's, it's hard to imagine employers saying, you know, no, we don't want you back. I mean, they're paying you, you're an employer, they want to get something out of you. What reason would they possibly give for not wanting you back? They don't want to accommodate or what is it? Well, by the way, remember, if you're going to be off work, they're not going to pay you. Right. So one of the things is they may not want to pay you. Maybe they think now we, we want to keep someone else instead of you. Or maybe they think, yeah, we don't. And, and, you know, maybe they have the best intentions. Maybe they actually believe this person is too sick to work. Right. So they may be having the, the employee's best, best interest at heart. Sure. But it's not their call to make. It's the employee's doctor's call to make. Uh, and if the doctor says they're able to go back to work, unless the company has evidence that that's wrong, I don't know how they would ever have evidence like that, then they have to take them back to work. So yeah, remember, John, if you if you go off work sick, your employer is not going to pay you. So uh, that maybe that that's the motivation right there for the employer. Again, help at employmenthour.com is email address. Uh, Elizabeth says, I've had two surgeries over the past 10 months and had to miss work for a few weeks each time. When I came back, my employer told me that I have exhausted all my leave days and I can't take any more time off. What happens if I need to miss more work for medical reasons? Well, this is exactly the flip side of the previous yeah. question <laughs> right. that we had. She needs to be off work and, a do- and the employer saying, well, you can't because you used yeah. up your days. The tank is empty. The yeah. tank, yeah. Well, guess what? Th- this is a tank that, that never goes empty. Okay, let's be very clear. There's no limit as to how long you can be off work as long as it's backed up by a doctor. So it doesn't matter how many days off the company has in their policies. Uh, they may decide to pay you or not depending on their policies. But in terms of unpaid time off work, time off work, you can be off as long as, ne- as is needed, as long as your doctor says you cannot work. Maybe it's a week, maybe it's a month, maybe it's a year or two years. If you need to be off work, your doctor corroborates it, your doctor supports you, you get a doctor's note, that's it. doesn't matter what the company wants to do. And if they say, well, no, you, we told you you can't be off, we don't care what your doctor says, so we're letting you go, you've resigned, nonsense. That's a termination, that's a human rights violation, it's illegal, they cannot do that. Once you're armed with that doctor's note, that's all that matters. Don't worry about what the company says. If the doctor supports you, if the doctor makes it clear you need time off work, you can be off work. I can only assume that this company possibly is thinking, you know, paid sick days. If she gets three or four years, she's used all those. She she won't get paid, but they can't keep her from, from being off work. Absolutely. What does it mean? So, okay, you're only allowed to be sick, John, for two days a year. If it's <laughs> Use three them sparingly. Days, sorry. No. The company may say, we're only going to pay you for these number right. of days. They could do and that. Once you've, yeah, they could yep. do that. Once you've used up those days, we're not going to pay you anymore. That's okay, but you can still be off work. You're still an employee. You still have a right to your job. Oh, and by the way, you can potentially apply for short-term disability or long-term disability if you have that as part of your benefits plan through work. Um, By the way, if you apply and you ever get denied, you got to reach out to me in that situation. Uh, But beyond that, the company can't prevent you from being off work if you're sick. I think we got time to, uh, to slide Brady's email in here. He says, just curious if it's correct that I'm an independent contractor. I'm a truck driver and work for one logistics company and they own the truck. Usually when a question starts with, I want to find out if I'm really an independent contractor, the answer is almost always, well, no, (laughs) you're not. Because people that are true independent contractors don't ask the question. They know that they are. So, you know, let's talk about, uh, is is it Brady? Let's talk about Brady's uh, email here. 
if Brady works for one company, been doing this for a bunch of years, the company owns the truck, I don't care what the company says or what he believed for the first bunch of years, he is an employee. You don't work for a company for, for years uh, using their equipment and still be an independent contractor. You're not self-employed. It doesn't matter how you pay, pay your taxes. It doesn't matter what the piece of paper that you signed years ago says. It doesn't matter if you have your own company and business card. None of that actually matters. If you go work for someone, you do the job, you come home, you repeat the next day, you do this on and on, you are an employee. It's as simple as that. If it wasn't like that, then anyone could be an independent contractor. It doesn't matter. You could work on an assembly line and be an independent contractor, just sign a document. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work that way, John. So because of that, yes, Brady is an employee. So potentially he's owed overtime, vacation pay. Uh, potentially he uh, is owed severance if he's if he lost his job. So if you're listening to us right now, certainly if you lost your job and the company says, well, you're an independent contractor, we don't got to pay you anything. Not so fast. You're probably an employee, which means you get your full severance. That's a that's a that's an important distinction too. I guess from the day to day work life, it makes no difference to to Brady what he's called. It's the same thing. But if he gets let go, that's a big. And you can see why companies would do that, right? If everyone could do that, hey, nobody's paying severance. Good times. Save a lot of money. Yeah. Oh my god, they could save uh, you know months and months pay per employee. Right. It doesn't work that way. If that was the case the employment laws that we have here in this province would be useless right. because everyone can just circumvent that by calling themselves independent contractors. It doesn't work that way. The laws are here for a reason. The email show continues. We'll get to that. More of those at helpandemploymenthour.com. The number in the meantime, one 821 5900 See Employment Hour right here, Global News Radio. one 821 5900 help at employmenthour.com. That is the email address. We are pulling these emails from Crystal. You're up next. Says I'm a private school teacher. And my contact uh, contract gets renewed at the end of the school year. The school just changed ownership. And I don't think they're going to renew my contract again. If this happens, can I get severance? You know, actually, you know, this is a very common situation with private schools. Yep. Uh, you know, in, in public schools, usually you're on a part of a, a union, union collective agreement, yep. so it doesn't apply. But in private school, usually you're not unionized. And most teachers, even principals, they're kind of on a year-to-year -year contract. Uh, well, guess what? They're not. The reason they're not is because if your contract keeps getting renewed from year to year, the law considers you that at some point you just become a regular employee. So even though you may sign a piece of paper every year, the law says it's meaningless. You're now a regular employee because you've expected, you expect to come back. Even though you have to sign a paper, you're not really sitting there wondering, oh my God, am I going to get it's renewed? It's kind of a formality at this point. It's a formality. It's a piece no. of paper. It doesn't mean anything. So for, for what does that mean for her? Well, if the, if the new owners of the school now come to her and say, well, this year, we decided we're not going to renew. So you're not coming back. That's fine. They could do that. But that becomes a termination and she's owed severance because the law considers it to be a regular, full-time, indefinite employee, mm. which means she gets her severance. Even though, strictly speaking, the company says, no, no, the company just end, uh, the contract just ended. No, it's not the contract didn't end. You were really considered a regular employee. So that, that doesn't apply to teachers in private schools. It applies to everyone. If you have a job where you, you sign a new contract every year, every few months, and on and on we go, usually after about three of these contracts, once you've signed three of them, you're considered to be a regular employee. So if the company at one point says, now we're not going to have you sign, now you're not coming back, it's a termination and you're owed severance. If that happens to you, get on the phone, call me, email me. We need to talk. 1-855-821-5900. That number, help at employmenthour.com is the email for that. And the ones we're using today come from that address as well. 
Frank says, uh, I applied for a job and went through two interviews, after which I was offered the position. Two days before I was supposed to start, the HR manager called me, told me that they have decided not to hire me after all. I'm, I'm extremely upset, naturally, and uh, want to know if there's anything I can do. Is there any recourse? Uh, that's that's pretty crappy situation to be in. Especially uh, if you quit another gig, right? Especially if you quit another gig and you, know, you, you, you accept the job, maybe you quit another job, and now you don't have that job. Terrible. Now, but you mentioned about quitting another gig. If you can show that because of what the company, the new company said that you have a job, because of that, you lost something. In other words, I quit the job, so I lost that job. If you can show that because of this misrepresentation, you lost something, then they are potentially on the hook for those losses. If you haven't lost anything, if you're unemployed and you thought you, you had a job, so now you're just disappointed, you know, unfortunately in that situation- It's a bitter pill, but- It, it is a bitter pill and it's a, a very, you know, kind of a nasty thing to do sure. to someone, not very nice or ethical, but legally, probably not much you could do. But if you can show that you lost something, uh, I don't know, maybe you, you relocated. I was going to say, what if you sold your house? What if there's moving expenses? What if you bought a new place? Absolutely. You put your kids in private school right. because you realize now I'm going to have more income, so I'm putting them in private school. You can show a financial loss as a result of the fact that they told you you had a job. They're potentially on the hook for those losses. So it's we call that a, a misrepresentation, a negligent misrepresentation. Another way to call this is an, a, a wrongful hire. We've heard a wrongful dismissal. This is a wrongful hire. So bottom line is if a company makes an offer to someone, be very careful. Unless you're sure that you have a job for the person, don't make an offer, okay? Don't have them sign an employment agreement. Don't have them quit their job. You gotta be 110% sure that there's actually a job there. You mentioned an offer, you mentioned an employment agreement. Is that the threshold where you can't turn back? It can't just be say, hey, I wanna hire you. Okay, good, I'm gonna go quit my other job. I mean, you, there's no guarantee there yet. Is it the fact when they've signed papers and then they pull the plug? So as long as there's an offer that's been accepted, that offer could be verbal. Wow. So John, I, I'm offering you a job as my new marketing manager. I'm gonna pay you $50,000 a year and starting Monday, what do you say? And you say, yeah, that sounds good, Leo. That's uh, enough. Uh, that's absolutely wow. enough. It's an offer. It's an acceptance of the offer. If it's in writing, obviously it's even easier, but it doesn't have to be in writing, John. Mm. As long as there's an offer that's been accepted, the company can't just go back on that without potential repercussions. You want to reply? You want to ask your own questions? Help at employmenthour.com. We'll slide in one more before we take uh, one final break here. Helen says, my job title is sales manager. But I don't manage anyone. But my boss says that I don't qualify for overtime. Who's right? Well, we talked earlier about the fact that just calling someone an independent contractor doesn't make right. them an independent contractor. Well, just because you call someone a manager doesn't make them a manager, right? You, you can call anyone a manager. You can call them anything. It doesn't make them that thing. Well, that's ex especially important when it comes to overtime because managers, true managers, are exempt from overtime. They don't get, don't get mm -hmm. paid overtime if the company doesn't want to pay it, but only managers. So if I call you a manager, but you're not really a manager, I can't say, oh, I'm not going to pay you overtime because you're a manager. Look at your business card. It says manager. Nonsense. It doesn't work that way. If you're not managing people, if you don't have responsibilities over, over others, you're probably not a manager, which means you have to get paid overtime regardless of title. So if this person says that they don't manage people, if this person says that they just uh, have a fancy title and nothing else, they have to get paid overtime, the company can outsmart the system with a creative title. Remember, overtime is paid over 44 hours a week, salaried employees, hourly employees, just the same. 
if you work it, the company has to pay it, and they can avoid that by giving you the title of a manager. And if this has been going on for a good length of time, you can go back two years, right? Two years. That could yeah. be a lot of overtime, potentially. And if the company, by the way, continues to avoid paying you or refuse to pay you, that refusal can also be a constructive dismissal. You don't have to continue working in a situation where the company is doing something illegal and not paying overtime is illegal. So this person may be in a constructive dismissal situation and potentially could also go back two years to recover unpaid overtime. Short break and right back at it. Help at employmenthour.com. The number, of course, 1-855-821-5900 and always consult Severance Pay Calculator. Dot com as well. More of the employment hours on the way. Short breaks. Hang on, we'll get to it. Global News Radio. The number is one 821 5900 The email address uh, from which we are pulling all of our content today on the show is help at employmenthour.com. In that regard, Phil, you're up next. As uh, after my company uh, let me go, I told them that I believe they owe me more severance. A day later, I received another termination letter saying that I am being fired for cause with no severance. What do I do now other than laugh? So the, other than laugh and other than roll your eyes, this yes. is clearly a company being caught with their, their pants down. They realize, yeah. oh, he knows we owe him more crap. Okay. Yeah, what do we do now? Let's because conceive something. Let's do something. So what do they do? They come up with an excuse. Let, let's say we let him go for cause. Let's find something yeah. that he did wrong. Yeah. That'll work. No. Well, no, it won't work. It won't work with most people because it's obvious what's happened. It's transparent, right? If, if you're being let go and then you say, oh, I'm owed more severance. Oh, no, no, no. We have cause nonsense it doesn't work that way so yeah he, he probably called the company on it the company realized he knows they're not going to get away with paying him the, uh, less than what he's owed by the way most people companies do get away with it with most people they do get away with paying pennies on the dollar because most people don't know any better well this person knows better so you don't have to worry about the company coming up with excuses. That Those excuses are not going to work. We're going to see right through them. I wouldn't worry about that at all. If you haven't done something terrible to, be, to deserve being terminated for cause, you're going to get your severance. Check out severancepaycalculator.com. Call me. Uh, don't let the company get away with it. Help at employmenthour.com is the email address we are using for this show. Our next one up here, Sean, a.k.a. Clark Griswold, uh, says, I've been getting a substantial bonus of about 30% of my salary for the past seven years. Guess what? The company just announced that this year there will be no bonuses since bonuses are discretionary. Are you putting in that pool anytime soon? Uh, can they avoid paying me that bonus? <laughs> Well, uh, what was it? The Jelly of the Month Club? That's right. That, that could be that. It's a gift that keeps on giving, Clark, the All whole year, year through. Yeah, yeah, no. So I probably won't make him happy uh, to, to have the Jelly of the Month if he usually gets a 30% bonus. But but you know what? We can joke about it, but this is a serious thing. Uh, because if, if you're getting this bonus and you've been getting it for years, yep. it's part of your, your compensation. Sure. It's part of your income. You count on that when you do your budget, when you figure out what you're going to do with your money, if you're going to pay your mortgage, if you're going to uh, go on vacation, you count on that money. Now, the word discretion there was used. The company can't say it's discretionary, discretionary if they pay it every year. If they pay it every year, if it's the same thing, they can't just say, well, no, no, it's really discretionary. We've just been being nice over the last 10 years paying it to you. So it becomes a term of employment, which means it's not discretionary. So here's how this works, John. If you get a bonus every year, this year the company says no bonus. Well, then that's probably a constructive dismissal. Wow. They've changed your compensation. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're not touching your salary, but they're only touching your bonus, but it's still a change to compensation. Now, if one year he gets no bonus, another year he gets a bonus, then clearly it's discretionary. It's not something you can count on. 
But in, in this email, he gets the same bonus 30% every year. If the company doesn't pay it, that is a constructive dismissal. So not only does he get the bonus, he can potentially also get his severance and leave there and go to a company that maybe won't mess around with compensation in that way. It's not discretionary if you get it every year. Merry Christmas to you, Sean, uh, if that happens. Jill is up next. We'll get Jill in here. says, my boss regularly tries to flirt with me and has even asked me out a couple of times. I've always said no and have been trying to avoid him. His behavior makes me very uncomfortable and I don't know what to do. Well, obviously it makes her uncomfortable and it should make her uncomfortable because it's completely inappropriate for, for a boss to do that. Let, let's face it. I mean, it's not professional. It's not right. It's potentially sexual harassment. It is wrong, wrong, wrong. Well, what does she do? Well, the first thing I would ask her is, can you do something internally? Can you talk to someone? Is there an HR manager you can talk to? Someone above your boss's head that you can speak to and tell them what's happening? You shouldn't be afraid to do that. The law protects you. You can't be punished for raising these issues. And you shouldn't have to to put up with it, frankly. If you can do that, go speak to them. If there's any problems after you speak to them, I want to talk to you. Well, maybe you can't speak to anyone because it's a small company and the boss is the boss and there's really no one else to talk to. Well, then at that point, it's time to say enough is enough and let's treat that as a constructive dismissal. Let's treat that potentially as a human rights violation. Your employer shouldn't be putting you in this situation, shouldn't be asking you out, trying to flirt with you, Certainly in situations when it's clear that it's not reciprocated. It's no clear that yeah. it's not something that you're interested in. So, no, it's inappropriate. It could be a constructive dismissal, a human rights violation. Let's talk about that and let's hopefully get you out of that work environment and go have you work somewhere where you'll be treated properly, respected properly. Uh, that's just wrong. Fred, you're, uh, you're up next with our last email of the day. He says, I have uh, an employee that is constantly late for work. He always has an excuse, but I feel that this is unfair to the other employees that come in on time. Is there anything I can do with this guy? Well, sure. Sure there is. And I agree. It is unfair to, to other employees. If someone doesn't come into work on time and everyone else does, well, what you can't do, okay, what you can't do is ignore it. What you can't do is say, oh, come on, uh, Chuck, uh, just do better next time. You can't do that. If the employee is engaging in conduct that's unacceptable, that's inappropriate, you have to do something about it. So what do you do? Well, you put it in writing and you warn them and you tell them, here's what you need to do. You need to be here every day by nine o'clock and no later. And here's what happens if you don't. We're going to have to discipline you further and potentially let you go. Make them understand that if they continue, they're going to be out of a job. Okay? It's that important. The problem here with this particular employer is if they've been doing it for a while and they've been letting the employee get get away with it, it almost now becomes a term of employment that he doesn't have to come in on time. So you're essentially condoning the behavior. So put it in writing. Tell them, no, you can't do that. Nine o'clock unless you have a doctor's note or something like that, you're expected here. And if you continue doing that, uh, we may have to let you go. Build up your case that way. If there's still two or three more incidents that you've documented, that you've warned, you actually may be in a position to terminate for cause. Hopefully that won't be necessary. Hopefully once you do that, the employee is going to realize, okay, I can't do that because I'm going to lose my job and they'll come in on time. But you can't ignore it. Ignoring it, if you're the employer, ignoring a problem is the same as saying, it's okay. Don't right. worry about it. Before we go, Severance Pay Calculator one more time. SeverancePayCalculator.com, place to go to if you lost your job. We talked about severance a few times on this show already today. We talk about it every show, and every show we have people using it. That's great. If you need to know how much you're owed, and you do, because no one's going to stand up for your rights uh, other than you, 
severancepaycalculator.com, easy, free, anonymous, takes seconds, no reason not to use it. Check it out right now, even if you're curious. Works great as a party game, severancepaycalculator.com. Great for another week, and to reach out like we have been this entire show through email, it is help at employmenthour.com. The, uh, the phone number, one more time, one 855 821 Till next time, the Employment Hour, right here on Global News Radio.